0: Welcome to the What to Expect While Fostering and Adopting podcast show. If you're a foster mom, on the journey to adoption, already adopted, or somewhere in the middle, trying to figure out how to navigate the foster care system, wanting to grow your family through adoption, trying to balance everything, or stuck in that space of all things unknown, you're in the right place. What if there was a way to fast track your knowledge, prepare you for the good and the hard, and somebody who could answer that long list of questions I know you have? Hi friend, I'm Christine Marie, biblical mindset coach, adoptive mom, and previous foster parent of 77 children. Yep, you heard that right, 77 kiddos. I'm your host, and my goal is to help make your journey a lot easier by sharing my best tools, techniques, and skills that helped me pivot from foster care to adoption, fully surrender, and trust the process. I'm about to bring some calm to the chaos and show you how to navigate through this journey with a whole lot of grace. So go grab your cup of coffee and let's jump in. So at one point in our foster care journey, we actually had 11 kiddos. As I've shared before, it was our two boys, our two daughters we had not adopted yet. And then we had, yes, seven foster kids. You guys, it was absolute craziness and amazing. And I remember at one point, my husband said, I think you actually love chaos. I think you might be addicted to chaos. And it was so crazy because I told him, no, I absolutely do not like chaos. I want nothing to do with chaos because I loved organization. I loved schedules. I actually loved being almost like the composer at an orchestra. Like I loved that, you know, I guess we can just be really honest and call it for what it was, which was control. And so I would say no, I did not love chaos at all. But the truth was, I thrived in chaos because I had to. But I think also what I've learned now looking back is it was actually a mix of my ADHD, my social anxiety disorder, and really just surviving and coping. So today we're going to talk about mental health and foster care. And I'm super excited that you're here with me for this episode. So you guys, I remember when we had all those kiddos in our home, I was so excited like that was when being a Pinterest mom was really kind of cool um, and so I would look at all these different Pinterest things and Instagram things and social media on all the different ways you could organize. And I went out and I bought those like plastic organizing containers and put each of the kiddos names on there. And then I would put their outfits for the day, like for the next day. And oh my gosh, you guys, I loved putting organization to the chaos. So I was diagnosed with social anxiety disorder in 2006. And what that looked like was we went to, I remember very specifically a day when I realized this is not normal and I think something's really wrong. So we had went to Target and I had bought my, brought my boys with me and I needed to return something. No biggie, right? Like you just, I just needed to take it to the return counter, customer service. And return it. And you guys, I think I circled the parking lot like three to four times. And I couldn't go in. I was so overwhelmed with what would they think of me? Was there going to be a lot of people in the store? What if somebody talked to me? Um, What would I do? Would the boys be well behaved? And the boys were really well behaved. So I literally had nothing to worry about. But I was so wrapped up in my mind and my emotions. And previously, um, I had been working, I had worked at as an account coordinator for a company called Clinique Cosmetics. And so I would travel to all these different stores and work with the counter managers and the team members at the counter to help drive sales for a clinic. And I remembered that I always had such extreme anxiety before I would go in and then I would go in and I would stuff my feelings, right? Over time, it got to the point where I was having a hard time breathing and I was having chest pains. I didn't realize at that point that I was suffering from anxiety. I just kept putting myself in the situation. Eventually, I, I left that job so I could stay at home with my two boys. And then it wasn't so bad until all I was was left to just the boys, right? I didn't have a job anymore to keep my mind busy and occupied. So it was just me and the boys and my mind and my thoughts. And so I remember driving around that Target and I had told my husband, Something's really wrong. Like, why couldn't I go in and return this item? It's not a big deal. He was so kind and he was, you know, offered to go do it for me. And I said, well, that's not the issue. Like, the issue is my anxiety. So after that, I went and I saw my doctor and she told me that I needed to see somebody else. And I was diagnosed with social anxiety disorder in 2006. And then in 2007 is when we began fostering. So once I got on the anxiety medication, that's where I finally started to feel a lot better in my own skin. So then a few months later, that's when I had that, oh my goodness, I want to have a child. And then we started going down that road of adoption and then ended up as foster parents in 2007. Something that I never realized is that I have had ADHD my whole life. So I don't know about you guys who have silently suffered with ADHD and maybe you reorganized your cabinets a lot. you thrived in chaos because you could hyper focus on situations. You generally didn't follow through when you said you would. Maybe you were super good in school in subjects that you loved or that you were passionate about or you could literally forget to eat because you were doing something that you enjoyed so much. So that's how I was, and I didn't realize it was ADHD until actually till after we were even done fostering. This is one of those I wish I would have known because that would have been helpful yesterday moment with social anxiety disorder and ADHD. As a foster parent, no wonder I had 77 foster children, and we're going to get into that more in a little bit here. And I was thinking about who becomes a foster parent, right? Right. Um, I know there's so many different stories and I would love to hear your story of how you ended up as a foster parent or chose to be a foster parent or whatever your story is. I would love for you to head over to my Facebook group, what to expect while fostering and adopting and share your story in there. It's a private community of like-minded mamas just like you. I'm not sure how many of us have like a perfect childhood, maybe zero struggles. I feel like at this day and age, everybody has some level possibly of overwhelm, right? Or maybe they've had a difficult childhood or whatever the story is. It has led you to becoming a foster parent, right? And I definitely feel like there is so many strengths in our in our struggles, so many strengths in our journey that we can pull from things that we've struggled with and use those to help somebody else, right? But something else is identifying our weaknesses ahead of time will help you come up with a plan to be a better foster parent. So that's really what I want to dig into in this episode is how you can use any mental health diagnoses that you have or any emotional struggle to help make you a better foster parent and come up with a plan. I know that when we brought in a new child, it was super exciting for me. Now you have to remember, I went in to foster parenting only with the sole purpose of adopting, right? Uh, Bless all of you who go into fostering just wanting to foster. But the mom that I'm speaking to who goes in because they want to expand their family you know what I'm talking about and I have seen it online where people will say I'm getting a new foster kiddo and they go and get all these things and friends donate all kinds of resources and finances to help them get started and it's an exciting time, right? Whether you are expecting this child for adoption or whether you're expecting this child for foster care, it's a big moment of transition for me even when we took in a kiddo that I was like, this child is definitely not, you know, or I knew ahead of time, right? This is not a potential adoptive child, right? It was still exciting. And for me, that was because my ADHD could hyperfocus. My ADHD was like, we've got a job to do. And here we come. Then something else is my anxiety. When you add in my anxiety of new caseworkers, schedules, personalities of these new kiddos, right? Integrating them to the family. Do they need therapies? Uh, Which therapies we're going to get into that so much deeper. Uh, What school do they go to? Do they need to go to a different school? There's so many questions, right? And then all the phone calls and then coordinating their visits with their bio family, right? So all of the anxiety of that, that is just immediately expected, within like 24 to 48 hours that you need to wear, right? Carry. For me, my way of coping with the anxiety was just to stuff it. So I would use my ADHD to hyper focus, to get everything organized again, organize the chaos, right? So if any of you guys have ADHD and anxiety, you know what I'm talking about. You can organize the chaos. You can get schedules in place. You can put it all into order But you have to remember what I didn't realize is that then with the anxiety, it's going somewhere, right? And usually it's going internal. It's getting stuffed because you can't process it. It's a lot. And then what happens though, is I am floating through this entire experience with a dopamine rush. Dopamine feels really good. And this new exciting time was giving me this dopamine rush because I was so excited to help this new child, to help this caseworker, to put all of, the, all of this organization and energy, my ADHD energy, into a direction. So if you imagine, like, there's a whole lot of parts playing here. The reason I'm sharing all of this with you is hopefully you can see yourself in some of this. Because what happened was... At the end of the 10 years of fostering, all of these dopamine rushes, hyper-focusing, stuffed anxiety left me depleted and as a shell of a mom and a human. But you don't have to be. That's why I'm sharing with you because there's a better way. Okay, so no matter if you are just even barely thinking about getting into foster parenting, or you're in it now, and you're feeling completely overwhelmed, because I know you are such a driven overachiever, like I was, I know you want to help all of the kiddos, I know you have a heart to serve, and you just want to make an impact. But really what I want to share with you is how can you put things into place? How can you put like bumpers in place so that you don't become the shell of the person and completely broken like I was? And there is a way. So the first thing I would encourage for you, if you're married to meet with your spouse, if you're single connect with a trusted, loving family member and do this with them is to sit down and take a look at what are any of the mental health diagnoses that you struggle with or that you're living with. Now, any mental health diagnoses, there's a lot of benefits. Like I was talking about with ADHD, you can hyper focus. You can dig in, you can work and get things organized, right? There is things that you are great at because you have this. So take a look at your strengths and how these would be your superpowers during transition of a foster kid or what type of, now if you're talking about mental health, right? What type of a foster child would or would not be a good fit for you and your family and your home or your mental health. For me, with me with the anxiety, there were certain types of kiddos that I did not feel like were a good fit for me, our family, or our children. So taking a look at that, looking at what are your strengths, looking at what your weaknesses are, and then doing the same thing with your spouse. In the foster care world, they have something called safety plans. So what is a safety plan? A safety plan is a written plan that states... What are the parameters that you would need to have to ensure the safety and well-being of the child? Now, that's what child welfare might call it, right? But I want you to do your own safety plan for you and your household and your spouse, or if you're um, single, maybe do it with a trusted family member, right? And of course you can do this on your own, but it's always good to have somebody else's feedback and working through this with you. So what I want you to do is take a look at your strengths, your weaknesses, and be really honest. Nobody needs to see this. This is just for you and for planning, right? And then take a look at your spouse or your significant other, their strengths, their weaknesses, And then I want you to marry those together and then take a look at what kiddos are a good fit for you based on my strengths, your strengths, and my weaknesses and your weaknesses. Or maybe what situations would you, if I'm speaking about my spouse, what situations would my spouse be more equipped to handle than I would? What would some situations be a better fit for me, right? So you're literally creating a safety plan for your mental health and for the mental health of your family and the mental health of your foster placement or adoptive child by looking at your strengths and weaknesses. If you aren't sure what strengths or weaknesses you have, this would be a really great opportunity for you to involve a counselor or a therapist. Now, like I said, you can do this prior to having a foster child and even becoming foster parents, or you can do this after you already have kiddos in your home. I also want you to consider this even if you're an adoptive parent and you're not taking foster kiddos, because the idea is you would go meet with a counselor or a therapist, have a few sessions with them. Let them know that you're really trying for them to see if there's any underlying things that they're seeing. Maybe you do you struggle with anxiety? Maybe are you struggling with overwhelm? Maybe um, you're internalizing things, whatever it is, that is a great thing for them to take a look at without pressure and then for you to evaluate maybe I should keep working with this person maybe they could help me grow in this area it also doesn't have to be a counselor or therapist it could be a coach for me the three years after we stopped fostering when I was sharing that I was completely broken devastated really a shell of a person I started out working with coaches And then I also went to see therapists. And so it's really, it's really about that connection that you have with somebody and being able to openly share what you're struggling with. Having them help you see areas of opportunity and then having them really help you strengthen the strengths that you naturally have. Because we all have things that we're amazing at, right? The other thing that I never even knew about until about two years ago That I wish I would have known about is something called a spiritual gifts test. This is a test that um, a lot of churches can give you or you can just simply go online and take it yourself and I will attach the link to this episode in the description so that you can go take your own and what it does is it is going through and it's going to help you identify some of your God-given gifts. Now, The Holy Spirit, when he was imparted into you, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit gave you gifts. Oh my goodness. So one of the gifts that I have is the gift of discernment. And it was really crazy because if you've ever been, and I have a feeling I'm going to be talking to like this, this podcast is going to be heard by so many people with the gift of discernment. And it's when you just know something. Instantly know something about somebody or you can feel almost like feeling their energy when you're around them. And I'm not talking woo-woo. I'm talking about you can sense the emotions of the person. So I know with my girls, something that we've struggled with in the past is lying. And something that they don't love is now, of course, there's always that parental, they can tell if you're lying thing, right? But what I'm talking about is you like know from the other room, something is going on and you walk in and over and over and over like multiple times, it's validated to you that you're right. Now, a spiritual gift is something it's a starting point, right? A starting point is the spiritual gifts test. And the reason that I'm suggesting you take it is because we all have these God-given gifts. And when you know what your God-given gift is, then you can start looking for ways that you can use that to help your family in this journey of fostering or adoption. I always say test whatever results you have against scripture and also Ask people who know you. Like when I told my husband and my mom, like, Do you think I have the gift of discernment? They're like, That's what it is. Okay, a hundred percent. Yes, that's what you have. Multiple people in my life have told me you must have the gift of discernment. It's one of those things. There's so many amazing, incredible gifts that God has highlighted in the Bible that you can take this test. And it just gives you a starting point. So we've talked about connecting on your strengths and your weaknesses. We've also talked about um, possibly meeting with a therapist or a coach. And then we've talked about um, the spiritual giftings task. The other thing when you meet with your spouse, your significant other, or a close family member, and especially your therapist or coach, if you choose this, is know your boundaries. How many children are you going to take in? What diagnoses do you feel like are a good fit for you? What ages? And then you're going to stick to it. And this is where having an accountability person, your spouse, a therapist, whatnot, a close family member is going to be so important because I promise you, you're going to get calls for kiddos. They're going to pull at your heartstrings and they are completely out of the boundary limits that you set for what would be a good fit for you. And if you're anything like me, you're going to say yes. And then they're going to drop the kiddo off at your house. And then the next morning, you're going to wake up and say, what did I do? Because you're going to let yourself down and feel really upset with yourself that you didn't stick with your boundaries because you knew ahead of time, right? In these planning sessions that you're going to have... What would be a good fit for your home? And yes, I broke the boundaries way more times than I care to admit, but that's why I'm sharing it with you now. And I promise you, child welfare is so inundated with way more children than they have resource homes. So they are going to, as much as they don't want to, they are going to push you. They're going to ask you to take kiddos that they know that you shouldn't take, or that they told you they would respect your boundaries, and they're just not. They are going to push you to the brink that you think, I cannot be pushed anymore, and then they're going to push you a little bit more. So having these boundaries in place and having somebody that you're sharing these boundaries with, having somebody who's going to help keep you accountable is going to help with your mental health. I know you're a natural overachiever and you definitely want to serve others. And I know you have a huge vision. So staying within these boundaries is just going to help make sure that you are the absolute best foster parent or adoptive parent that I know you have your heart set on being. Hey friend, I hope that you loved today's episode. I pray it blessed you and helped you see that you have a friend in your corner who truly understands what you're walking through. If so, would you share this episode with someone who's been praying for a breakthrough in their own journey? It would also bless me big time and help others to find this podcast if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also submit your questions, topics that you would like covered, and find a community of like-minded mamas in my private Facebook group by searching what to expect while fostering and adopting on Facebook. See you next time.